Welcome to the Brookwood Ministries podcast. Romans 12.2 teaches us that true change comes from having our thinking transformed by God. So for some practical advice, let's join the pastors of Brookwood Care Ministries and their guests in this care podcast series on creating revolution in your life. Welcome to another edition of the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. My name is Gene Beckner, and I'm the Care Ministries pastor. And I'm Josh Masters, the associate care pastor here at Brookwood. And I'm Doug Wildman. I am the counseling and marriage pastor here at Brookwood. And we are continuing with our series uh, dealing with the revolution of our lives, not resolutions, as a lot of people make as they begin the new year. So today we're going to be talking about uh, financial revolution, and we're excited that we have uh, one of our staff people here with us in the care department, Janice Jennings. Hi, I'm Janice Jennings, the financial care manager, and this is the topic that I love to talk about. So thank you for having me. Well, we're glad that you're here. And, you know, we've been talking about how people like to make changes at the beginning of a year. You know, they look at their diet, they look at their exercise, they may look at their spirituality, um, and then they may look at their finances. And it was interesting that today, just today, I saw where the um, average person in America has a credit card debt of $6,375. It's at an all-time high. And um, when you add in auto home and credit card debt when you add all that together america uh, is borrowing 13 trillion dollars so obviously there's an issue of people being in debt and people um, uh, having more obligations (laughs) or more outgoing than they have incoming and so Janice, you you just said that you work with folks who uh, may be at a place where they need some help and they need to make some adjustments to their life. Um, what what is first of all, what's the thing that you see that probably hinders people the most from being able to, you know, get some momentum and get some traction in their finances? Yeah, one of the big things you hit on is that credit card debt. Uh, I find people are typically over their head in credit card debt, or they are afraid and they have no credit at all. Uh, They are just afraid. They don't understand what good credit looks like and how important that can be just on your um, month-to-month expenses. Um, There are several things that people can look at to start to, first of all, understand what their expenses are, what their true income is, and how they can come up with a, a better plan to live month to month. I know stress is a big factor that comes with living paycheck to paycheck, and oftentimes that results in, in other problems. Uh, whether they choose to bury their head in the sand and not deal with the reality of, of what's going on in their life. They're not monitoring where their money's going, so it's easy to get away. Um, we talked about a zero-based budget um, in the financial peace class 
that we offer three times a year. And that's a great way for people to start looking at where is my money going instead of counting just for the the fixed expenses like your rent or your mortgage, your car payment, insurance, taking a look at variable expenses as well, such as things that come around only once a year or a couple times a year, um, remembering big items like Christmas, um, back to school, little things that people often overlook and or car maintenance, car repairs, uh, when those bills come in, they treat it as an emergency. And many people, unfortunately, don't have an emergency fund or a fund set aside to cover those variable expenses. So if somebody was coming, like say somebody's listening to this podcast, and they're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start something different this year. I'm going to do something different with my finances. The first thing they need to do is what? Well, I would love to sit down with anybody, love the opportunity to sit them, sit with them and help them come up with a plan or have them work with a mentor. But uh, simple things that we can start doing ourselves is come up with a budget, write down what you know. Um, even though Dave Ramsey says a budget is sixth grade math, it can be overwhelming to people. Mm. And a big part of that is they feel like, well, if I write it down on paper, I'm going to see that I don't have enough to cover my expenses. Mm -hmm. So the best way to get a hold of that is just put down what you know and start tracking your expenses. And a budget is a snapshot in time. So it is meant not only to capture the current situation, but also to uh, plan for what your goals are, what your needs are, to cover them and then plan towards moving towards meeting those big big goals um, number one covering your monthly expenses but two maybe saving for the kids for college or paying off some debt you've got or maybe it's that family vacation that's very important to you because i find the money is going to go for other things but if you can really identify what your goals are and keep those in front of you it's a lot easier to make choices on a regular basis as to where you're going to spend your money and uh, within 3 months of people really paying attention to where their money's going it's a lot easier to recognize areas that you can you can shift and change another advantage of coming in to sit with a financial mentor Sometimes just having somebody else to look at where your money's going, they can help you look at other resources or other ways to get either better uh, what you're getting or even uh, just shifting it so that you're you're able to make your money go further. And I know like when we talked with uh, Nina Mitchell, we were talking about um, you know getting in shape physically and and watching nutrition. You know, Josh brought up a good point that, a lot of times people don't want to do the assessment of their health because they're afraid of what they're going to see. Hmm. But yet we have to have a clear understanding of where we are. Like you said, it's a snapshot in time and a moment to be able to say, okay, this is, this is where I am. And it's interesting when you, when you read people's uh, testimonies, uh, whether it is through financial peace or whether they uh, have come and gotten help with a mentor is they will say there was that moment where they were able to say, okay, regardless of how bad it is or how bad I think it is, I, I am going to put my feet here and go, okay, 
this is where I am. And, and being able to look back at that and go look at all of the success that we've had. Um, you know, I know that, um, a lot of times when people take financial peace that, uh, there is the uh, accumulation at the end of cl- end of taking the class of this is how much money has been paid off towards debt. This is how many credit cards have been cut up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but how do you help somebody who knows there's a problem, but they're not setting their feet down? You know what I mean? Like they're they, they know there's a problem, but they, they kind of want other people to fix it as opposed to saying, okay, this is about me and I need to make the changes. How do you, and I know that's a loaded question <laughs> because there's no answer. I know that. Right. But maybe for someone who's listening and has a spouse or a friend who really needs to take a look at their finances, but they won't, how do you... How do you help, or like, what do you do when that person, you see it, but they don't, or they're not willing to look at it? Yeah. Well, we lay out the truth, and we have them take a look at it. When they come to me, we're going to create a growth plan. And the big thing that we do, and I'm sure you guys talk about this on every podcast, we we want to partner with Purpose, So we welcome anyone and we let them know we're going to partner with you, but you need to take those steps as well. So it really puts the responsibility on them to make those steps. And we invite them to take baby steps. We're not going to ask anybody to do something that is just too difficult or overwhelming. And we talk about it. If there are some obstacles, we look at removing those obstacles. We've got lots of support, lots of resource. And so we love nothing more than to invite somebody to partner with us and help them in any way we can. And we just encourage along the way. We we do a follow-up. We try and put people in a position to succeed. That's good. I think also, Jean, in regards to your question about when someone is not willing to look at the situation as it is, one thing to do is to expose them to success stories of people who have been where they are. Because part of the the denial is that I don't think there's a way out, so I don't want to look at it. Mm-hmm. So when you can put stories in front of people, and we do this throughout care ministries, whether it's at Celebrate Recovery with testimonies or in every, every area that we have care ministries, we talk about these are the people who have been where you are and are now walking with God and God has delivered them. Now, it's usually not instantaneous, but those stories can be encouraging because it's about hope and having hope and seeing that there is a way out. Mm-hmm. And you were there. You, oh, you and yes. your wife were there too. Uh, when my wife and I got married, we had spent a long time individually making bad choices and then got together and made bigger bad choices. Um, so when we got married, we had about $80,000 in loan debt. That didn't include a mortgage. That was cars and credit cards. And um, it seemed impossible. And we did exactly what Janice is talking about. Mm-hmm. Every time a bill would come, we'd shove it in a plastic bag and then go buy something to make us feel better. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't pay <laughs> the bills. I loved buying mm-hmm. DVD sets um, or music or whatever, um, but anything to distract myself uh, until we realized we couldn't do that anymore. We couldn't be in denial anymore. And we went to a church elder who was a CPA and we walked in with 
like handfuls of grocery bags filled with stuff that we had no idea what was in it and said we're in trouble. Um, and rather than shunning us, they went through every piece of paper with us and helped us make a plan to get out. Mm. Um, but a big piece of that is what we talk about with revolution is having your mind transformed, mm -hmm. allowing God yeah. to transform your mind. Because our culture tells us something completely different to do with our money and act with our money. Mm -hmm. And yes. that you've got to get stuff. And if there's a way to get a loan for it, go get a loan for it. If you want it, you deserve it. You deserve to have this. Mm. Well, I could tell you, if you can't afford it, no, you don't. You don't deserve to have it. You know, I've had people come to me and say, you know, God really provided for me to a way for me to have this luxury car, but now they're $60,000 in debt. No, that no, that's not from God. God doesn't want you to be in debt. Mm -hmm. um, and it took a long time. God could have, once we allowed him to transform our mind about money, which we did, he could have instantaneously taken it away. But he chose to use that circumstance to grow us and draw us closer to him. So it took four or five years. But we, through trusting God, doing the budget that Janice is talking about, trusting God to provide where it didn't look like there was going to be any way, we got out of debt. And we're still out of debt. And mm -hmm. then we built up an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. So now when emergencies happen, we have that emergency fund in place. And the big thing is God has a purpose for our lives, and he had a purpose for my life, and I couldn't fulfill that while I was in debt. It was holding me back because everything needed to be focused on money. Mm -hmm. So getting out of debt not only frees you from yourself, but it frees you to do what God has called you to do. And it's interesting because Proverbs 22, 7 <clears throat> says that the borrower is the servant or the slave to the lender. And a lot of people think that's just financial, you know, but it's what you're describing is you're missing out on what God's purpose is for you because your focus, your time, your energy is on the fact that, hey, I've got all this debt and I have no way to, to pay for it. Right. You know, and, and like you said, some people, that's a way of life. They just never, they were never taught. And so that's just the way it's always been, living from paycheck to paycheck or, you know, just throwing stuff on a credit card or the emotional part of spending to try to distract or, or make us feel better. Um, you know, it's interesting that when people, like you're talking about, when you get on the other side of things, how free you feel, even though you're on a budget. Right. And people think that a budget is going to constrict them or restrict them. Uh, but like even Doug and I were talking before we came uh, in here today, um, you know, the way that our the way that our budget is in our household is, you know, we use cash for as much as we can. And then everything else, if we're making a payment like a mortgage or something like that, it's on automatic draft so that it's all set so that I know I only have a certain amount. Right. Of, you know, and I told Doug, if if I have a lot of that, it does, it, I mean, I'm 47 years old, it probably still won't go well because I will look at some things that I could get as opposed to going, yep. wait a minute, you know. So God's probably blessing me by giving me a, a tighter budget than maybe what I want. Um, but Janice, you said something a, a second ago about a zero-based budget. 
And I wanted to hit on that before we got too far away. Can you can you kind of describe what that is so that people who are listening, this could be something that they could take a look at when, as they're looking at their budget? Yeah, there's actually a, a really cool free app on uh, Dave Ramsey website, everydollar.com, and you plug in all of your income. So you put it in categories, whether it's housing, groceries, transportation, savings, entertainment, and all of your money is allocated because it's going to go somewhere. Anyway, that way you don't, you take that, like you said, the extra money, if you had more, you'd probably get in trouble. So you you go ahead and put it on this zero base budget. And I, I really like this tool because it's super simple. You just plug it in. So if you've got five weeks or five paychecks or, or four paychecks in a month, you, you know, you can count for that extra income of where it's going to go. And you follow it month to month. And so you can see, oh, I went over on my groceries, but I saved money because I didn't use it on gas or something else. And you can reallocate uh, that money in, in different areas. It's just, I think it takes some of the mystery out, which is one of the advantages to doing it that way. And you can go ahead and plan if you'll track out the whole year and see that, okay, um, February, we're going to get our tax return. How can I use that to maybe prepay my car insurance for the year and save, you know, you, know, you get a, a huge discount. Um, and it helps people, I think, to plan ahead, like we said, towards their goals. One of the big goals I would like to encourage people to, to look at is repairing their credit if it's not good. Because that's an area where we spend money that we don't get a return on our investment just by not having credit at all or having bad credit. We're spending a lot of money that we could use elsewhere. Just to clarify, so a, a zero-based budget kind of forces you to put every single dollar somewhere. Right. There can't just mm. be like a slush pot. Yeah, slush right. fund yeah, or a pot of, yeah. pot of gold yeah. at the end of the rainbow. Like it's going somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you get to decide. See, right. that's the thing. Yeah. Like you think of a budget as if you're not used to doing a budget, it seems like, oh, it's just a list of things I can't buy. You don't list the things you d you're not buying. Yeah. It's giving yourself permission to spend money on particular things and knowing where those dollars are Where's, going. Where it's going. That's yeah. right. Account for that pocket money or the DVD set money that you know you're going to have. So when I go and get a soy chai latte, because... I'm very manly. Uh, it, <laughs> right. And it cost me five bucks. Like that's come out of money that was assigned to be my pocket money. That's right. Right. So I never have to feel guilty or go, wow, it, does this mean I'm not going to be able to mm -hmm. pay this bill? Like we've planned for me to have spending money. And exactly. So I can just buy it if that's what I've choose to spend it on. And Doug, I would think like with you, I mean, you have a pretty big family. Yep, <laughs> and so the ability to to kind of budget and plan out what what's your experience been like? You know, Ingrid and I have always been very frugal um, and watching every every penny. Um, I've always been amazed at these people who are kind of like uh, remember Wimpy? I used to say, "I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today." <laughs> Our um, younger viewers don't know who that is, but yes. yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of dating us a little bit here, but. Um, 
anyway, it just that's always kind of amazed me that people kind of don't take account of what they spend. But in even in spite of that, when I first moved to Canada and I was uh, I I had applied for a student loan and man, I'm telling you, it was tough because the the papers didn't come through um, as quickly as they had said that it would. And there was one point where I opened up the fridge and there was half of a can of coffee and a shriveled up carrot. And that was all that there was. And my wife said, you know what we really need? We really need a dryer. And I'm thinking, a dryer? Okay. So we prayed for a dryer, and sure enough, there's a dryer across the street on the on the street. And we pulled. I asked the person who put it on the street, "Hey, are you going to use this?" "Oh no, no, it has a broken hose." So I repaired the hose, and um, we got a new dryer. And we were. And then my wife said, "Oh, and by the way, congratulations, we're going to have a baby." Oh. And I was like, "Hello." <laughs> so I mean, I started praying like crazy, and. Um, God provided, um, but it was, you know, I guess that's the, the flip side to all of this too, is that there are times when people are being very vigilant about what they spend and there's mm-hmm. still some hardships that come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's also very important to kind of bear in mind that that stuff happens and God cares about your finances. Um, he, he provided for us. And so um, I look back on it now and I think, what in the world just happened? But we we had to work hard at it. We had, I mean, pastors don't make a huge amount of money. Uh, I was called to a church in Winnipeg, and uh, God provided for our needs. But um, I I find this interesting. I thought I would share this. Um, Jesus actually used budgeting as a um, a picture of our commitment to God. Um, this is taken from Luke chapter fourteen. It says. But uh, don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Um, They would say, well, here's this guy who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Um, So budgeting um, is... It was almost like, okay, this is an obvious thing here, but it's it's a picture of the whole relationship that we have with Christ as well. Um, so we have to we have to think in terms of planning, and that includes our money. So in our case, God came through in some pretty miraculous ways, and I'm not saying that that's a license to just kind of go and do whatever you know you think is good for the moment, but. We also have to bear in mind, too, that God's will for us is to be um, in a good place financially, um, that, that we would be, um, that we would do well and, like Josh said, not be hampered in the work that, uh, that he's called us to do. On top of that, you know, being good stewards of, of what it is that God has given us goes beyond the finances, I mean, it is the financial aspect, but going back to what Josh said, if I'm so focused on uh, my money and not being able to pay my bills, 
because I've made these poor decisions, then I'm probably not being a good steward of the gift that he gave me to serve him because now I can't really develop that because I've got to do all these other things um, to make, you know, make ends meet. But I I want to to say two things before we end. One is uh, if you are listening to this and you are in a place like Josh was, um, let me reassure you that we're going to walk with you. We like, like what Janice said, we want to partner with you. So if you're hearing this and you're going, man, I'm 10, 20, 30, $40,000 in debt, or, you know, I can't make my bills or, or whatever. Um, you know, at the end of this podcast, there'll be a number that you can call to get in touch with us. You know, we, we would love to walk with you. And so I just encourage you to, to take that step if that's where you are today. And two, if you are successful with money and you're listening to this and you have a heart to help other people, if that's your giftedness, is to be a mentor and is to help other people, uh, that same number that we're going to give you at the end of the podcast, you can call that and it's possible we could partner with you where you could help other people kind of go through this journey. Um, and what, what is great about what we're doing is you don't have to have a CPA. You don't have to have uh, a degree in accounting and able to help somebody else budget, you know. And I appreciate what Doug said, you know, that, that Jesus is giving us simple yet profound instructions on how to live our lives, doing it, whether we're doing it financially, whether we're doing it physically, whether we're doing it spiritually. And so... Um, so I just, I, I want to end with that and I want to end with a prayer for anybody that's listening that, uh, um, that you would be able to, to take those steps to, to move towards, uh, a relationship with him and a relationship with us. We, we would love to, to help you. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for our time here today. And Lord, anybody that's listening to this podcast that is in need, Father, I pray that they would, um, respond to you first and lord if you are um, moving them towards contacting us lord i pray that they will um, find that path and lord um, help us all to be better stewards of what you have given us not just financially lord but uh, the giftedness that you've given us um, and to take care of ourselves in all areas and uh, Father, we just we thank you for what you have given us. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.